Downtown Productions in cooperation with Zone Radio presents Downtown, the podcast. From the historic Zone Radio studios, here's your host, Rich Kimball. Hello, hello. Welcome in. It is indeed Downtown, the podcast, episode number 290. We're brought to you every week by Renewal by Anderson, your trusted window and door replacement expert of Greater Maine. They offer free home in consultation and buy one, get one 40% off with an additional $250 off your entire project. Call 207-275-6622 or visit RenewalByAnderson.com. Two terrific conversations on the podcast this week. Coming up a little bit later on, we'll talk with talented musician Janet Robin of the String Revolution about their brand new song. It's a cover of the Johnny Cash classic Folsom Prison Blues and it has earned them a Grammy Award nomination. And so we'll talk with Janet about that. Up first on the program, though, a multi-talented actor, screenwriter. You know her from all kinds of television shows like Seinfeld, Saturday Night Live, films from Forrest Gump to The Negotiator and more. She's got a brand new film that she is a producer on, screenwriter for, and the star. And it is called... Shelter and Solitude. We're talking about our friend Siobhan Fallon-Hogan. We visited with her recently to talk about the brand new film. Oh my goodness, this movie, I uh, I loved it so much. I had no idea what to expect because the the story, uh, the, the plot here, sounds like it's going to be interesting. Y- y- you hooked me with, it's COVID and a uh, a country singer who's had better days all of a sudden becomes a death row prison guard. Man, that's a hook and a half right there. Yes, yes. Well, you know, um, it's about a death row prisoner with 10 days left to live, and I am this sort of like the Miss Havisham of country singers. I sang once, my character sang once in uh, Nashville in 1996, so now she just runs a bar that you know where only the local prisoners come to because there's a federal prison in town. And, you know, just a few of the locals. And when COVID shuts the bar down, there's a shortage of, of prison guards. So my character um, guards this prisoner who's played by Peter Macon. He's fabulous. And Robert Patrick from The Terminator is, is the uh, warden. And I play the prison guard for his last 10 days of his life. Well, we talked with you uh, last time, a couple of years ago, uh, your last film uh, with our friend Perry Gilpin, Rushed, was so good. Robert Patrick in that as well. But, I, man, I feel like that's such a short window. This this whole idea and script must have come to you pretty quickly. Oh, yes. It was a crazy short window. Um, so Rushed, we were just about to be released in August of 2021. And it was May of 2021 when I was lying in bed and I thought, I really need to take a break. And... Um, my dad had been a lawyer um, up in Syracuse, New York. I'm from a big Irish family. And every Sunday we'd leave after Mass, you know, Catholic, and go to see my cousins and pass the penitentiary, the Jamesville Penitentiary. And my dad would tell us stories about some of his clients who were prisoners in there. And I was kind of fascinated with it. So I kind of had that in my, I guess, in my DNA. And then my dad always wanted me to be a country singer. So one <laughs> night I thought, what if there was a country singer who was kind of crazy, you know, guarding this prisoner. And so that's kind of where the idea came from. So I quickly wrote it and then we got it together and we started filming three weeks after uh, Rushed came out and we filmed it in 16 days. Wow. Now, was there a little divine intervention in this? I understand that at least some of the story came to you in a dream. Well, yes, because you see, I was just lying there in bed and sort of insomnia, you know, when you're kind of in half in and half out. 
and I and I thought of the idea, and then I went, I I quickly wrote it down, and I was kind of sleepy, and then I woke up the next morning, and there it was, and I was like, oh my gosh, I better write this. So I wrote it in like three weeks, and then we filmed it in 16 days, and then miraculously, we're an ind- you know we're an independent film company, um, rushed and Shelter and Solitude, my husband and myself, my my son, my daughter, we produced. And um, we were picked up by AMC and Regal, so we were in all over the country in at, at the end of October, and now we're just now uh, released on Amazon and Apple, iTunes, all those different platforms. Well, Valerie is such a great character, and and, and after your wonderful performance in Rushed as a, a mo- mother looking for some, uh, well, a little bit of revenge after her son is killed in a fraternity hazing incident, man, this character of Valerie... She's a hoot, but she is such a fully formed character that you get to see all sides of her in this role, and it's wonderful. Well, you know, the thing about it is, is I think the, pe- the reason why people are responding to the story is because it's kind of like what America needs right now. These are three, you know, the warden, the prisoner, and my character are all kind of broken people. The warden is, you know, kind of bitter, and his wife has left him, and he, you know, he's been working in the prison all these years, and, and of course, my character, I'm kind of a a cougar wannabe, but no one would have me. I'm, my career didn't really pan out the way I wanted. I kind of dress too young. I drink too much. And then, the, of course, the prisoner, you know, my, my, one, my one hope in writing this was I didn't want to be the great white hope. He, he's a black man on um, death row, and I didn't want to be like, oh, the white woman swoops in and, you know, saves the day. So he, the, part, the, the character's name is Jackson. He is the one who's really the class act. He was a hero in town. And without giving anything away, he's the one who inspires everyone. Well, you've put together such a great cast as well. You mentioned Robert Patrick. He is uh, so good uh, as your brother in this. Peter Macon, phenomenal. And uh, even those those family members, too. Boy, your son is so great as the young policeman. Yeah, he's hilarious in it. And, you know, it's so funny when you work with your, your kids, you know, he... My kids grew up on sets, really. You know, people are like, well, why does it, someone who owns a great donut shop have a kid that makes great donuts? Because they've always done that. But I always brought my kids to every set I was ever on. When I did Charlotte's Web in Australia, they came there. I worked with Lars von Trier over in Denmark several times. They always come with me. So they were very comfortable on set. But the one rule I had was, now look, I'm not nocturnal. So when I go to bed, I need a full night's sleep. So don't wake me up. Well, inevitably, you know, at the time, my son just turned 25. He was like 23. Knock at the door. Mom, I have some ideas. I was like, are you kidding me, Peter? I got to go to bed. He's like, no, we got to write this scene. I, mean, I can make it better. I should say, why don't you skedaddle? You say, you know, you skedaddle. You, you know. And so anyway, we came up with these great ideas in the middle of the night operating on fumes. So and, great, too, to see. Also, oh, all, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was going to tell you, we also have Dan Castellaneta. Well, that's what I was going to mention. Great to yes. see him from The Simpsons in a, in a serious, dramatic role. Yes. So, you know, it's crazy. So Dan's been Homer Simpson for how many years? 40 years. And, you know, you always want to kind of, I mean, I would love to do voiceover work and have his career. Of course, he would, he loves to be in movies because, you know, you don't get to have the chance. He and I did a play together 35 years ago. And same with Robert. Like, I've been in several movies with Robert over the years. And, you know, as you mentioned, Perry Gilpin was in Rushed. And I did a play with her 30 years ago. So it's all these people that you remain friends with and you're loyal to. And when the time comes, you call them up. They're like, I'm in, which is great. 
We're talking with Siobhan Fallon Hogan about her new film, Shelter in Solitude. The characters are so great and, and so fleshed out. And, and what struck me time and again, and, and I don't know if this if this comes from your Catholicism, I'm sure it's connected to it, but there is such a, a powerful grace to so many of these characters. Well, I think, you know, one thing is, is you know, I'm not a goody-goody by any way. You know, as I said, she drinks. She, she'd love to get a younger boyfriend, but no one will have her. She's, but she's one of these people, and so are all the characters, who are charitable. And I don't mean like they're, you know, running some uh, rescue mission, but her whole goal in life is to, to make this guy's last 10 days of his life comfortable and happy. So it's just the small gestures, you know, like a cookie or a biscuit or a, a you know, funny story, you know, that we all kind of, if we, if we could all learn that, you know, when, you're, when you only have 10 days left to live, you put your politics aside, you put your prejudice aside, your whatever aside, and you, you get down to brass tacks. And these are kind of what all these people are doing in this film, which is why I think they get down to the basics of kindness and charity and hope, you know, that, without being icky. Yeah, and that was evident, too, in, in your portrayal of Valerie and also uh, in Dan Castellaneta's character is simply in the way they addressed Jackson, that there was a respect for his humanity. Exactly. So he's this character who is, you know, he's a Peterson, a brilliant actor. He does not speak for the first three scenes, because if you're facing death, do you really want to speak to this, you know, country singer who's like singing you songs and bringing you cookies? Like, he's like, could you please get away from me? But, um, so, but his kindness shines through and he appreciates that she's being so kind to him, or at least trying in the only way that she knows how. So, and, and Dan, you know, these are people with not a lot of money. They're hardworking Americans and their, and their goodness. And they're very patriotic. I don't know if you noticed, but the American flag hangs They're they're They don't have any political agendas, but they're just good, hardworking American people. And it also reminds us of all not all that long ago and uh, and how the whole covid thing developed along yeah. the way. This idea, oh, it'll just be a two week shutdown. Yes, we, that's what we yeah, all thought. When, <laughs> yeah. When my character gets up to you know sing to say goodbye. To, oh, that's another crazy thing. So I get up to sing to say goodbye. You know, bye all. You know, I'm sorry. I'll, it's going to be two weeks. I'll see you in two weeks. Well, the long and the short of it is, um, you know, that's what we all thought. And, you know, we, we never thought that in a million years that um, that it would go on for longer than that. And so it's it's got that, you know, everybody kind of forgets. Oh, yeah, that's right. I thought it would only be two weeks. So and, it's, it's kind of crazy to look back at that. And also speaks pretty powerfully about our criminal justice system, even with that simple notion that everything is shut down because of COVID, but the execution will go on as scheduled. Exactly. Oh, and I was going to say to you, so a great part of the movie is that the music. So my son is a music supervisor in life. That's what he does. He manages uh, rappers and country singers. So when the time came and he said, Mom, we need to have some great music in this. So I sing Justin Biltonen of Three Doors Down song with him called Heartache Rodeo that was a big hit. You know, Oh, and it's great. I live a great version of it. Yeah, and then we have Todd Cameron singing Soul in These Boots and, and my composer Kyle Ward, just a young kid with great music. But we you know, we went out to Nashville and that was like a dream come true for me. I'm in a recording studio, you know, singing these songs. So it's this kind of and then and then we have two rappers in that are very well known rappers of uh, Fat Neck and um, Rob Banks. 
who's Shaggy's son, who acts in the film. And they're great, by the way. They're so good. And they were both, and, and Fat Nick was in Rushed as well. Well, they're so convincing. And that's, well, that's another thing about this movie is that no one, no one looks like they're acting in this. These look and act like people that we all know and have in our communities. And that's what makes it so that, that much more powerful, I think. Yeah, I think because, um, because I kind of handpick the casting. So when I, I get stuck, I call up the fabulous casting director, A.V. Kaufman and Lee Bazarkowitz, who they do succession and they've done many movies over the years. And I'm like, who do I, when you, like the, the role of the daughter, uh, Amelia Fowler, I think, who do you got, who do you have? But Robert Patrick's been a friend for years. Dan Castellaneta has been a friend for years. They, uh, Peter Macon, my good friend, David Goodman, who uh, I've known forever, he told me about him. But the boys, uh, Fat Nick and Rob Banks, they're my, my son's friends. So everyone's very comfortable and I, I don't make it, you know, I don't want the set to be um, a place where people have to get nervous. It's, I want to be very comfortable. And our director, Vivica Musai, is from Denmark. She directed Rushed and um, Shelter and Solitude. So it's kind of this sort of an all-for-one-and-one-for-all kind of approach. There's also, and I, and I think you need it to balance things, there's a great deal of humor in the movie, some very, very funny scenes. And, my gosh, you even you even made the word skedaddle funny. Uh, yes. Well, this is the thing. You know, being from this family that sort of storytelling and being funny was really held in high esteem, um, it, that, that then reflects in the movies. Because I, I really believe that when bad things happen to really funny people, it's particularly sad because funny people are not really used to having to be in the position of, you know, being sort of the one who has is in the sad position. Mm. So then the humor comes through because then they try to make people feel not uncomfortable, like maybe cracking jokes or singing a song. Or but that's the way I kind of grew up, you know. Like, okay, we don't want to feel uncomfortable now. When somebody tell a story or sing a song or tap dance or do something <laughs> to, to take the take the sadness away. Kudos to to uh, the cinematographer. It is so beautifully shot. Oh. The lighting, the way those lights flicker uh, in the halls of the prison. My, my goodness, it's yeah. just and, and some beautiful shots uh, of the the sunset, the land. It's just yeah. beautifully captured. Thank you. That's Matthias Schubert, and he was also a cinematographer in Rush. So in Shelter, he won Best Cinematography for Shelter and Solitude at the Boston Film Festival. He's really amazing and. You know, the thing is, that prison that you see the lights flickering, my sisters, I'm, as I said, I'm from a big family. I have two sisters that are attorneys in Syracuse. And when I needed a jail, obviously, I called them up and they said, well, we don't know of an old jail that you can get into that's not operating. And that's going to be a pretty, it's gonna be a pretty hard thing to do. Well, they connected me with a prison guard who they had represented who had gotten hurt. And he said, hey, you know, there's a prison that's defunct in Syracuse. A lot of people in Syracuse, New York, don't even know about the place. And in we went, and of course, it was an old, old jail. So a lot, when I say a lot, none of the cells worked. They wouldn't even open because they were on a crank system. It's not like, you know, computerized like nowadays. So my friend from high school is a welder, and he got two of the cells to operate. But, you know, the announcement was, look at everyone. Don't close the cell door because if you do, you might be in there for quite a while. And and Peter Macon, going back to you know who played Jackson, the prisoner, he actually slept in one of the um, cells one night just to get the real feel 
of of what it's like in those prisons. And I'll tell you, one thing that struck me when you know spending so much time in the prison was number one is the sound, and everything echoes and bangs and mm. clangs like there's no silence. And then the space. I mean, you can barely turn around in those cells and to have, you know, you just, I mean, you know, I just think about, and this is the way it was when I was a kid with my father telling me about these prisoners, is you're thinking, right now when you and I are talking, there's like 1.3 million imprisoned people in the United States. As a matter of fact, a sheriff uh, that runs a federal prison up in Albany, New York, saw the film and said, I want to play this for my prisoners because... You know, it, it, it does offer a great story of hope and redemption, and and so they did. This is the day it came out. It, you know, it's just only been out a week on um, on uh, the streamers on Amazon, and Apple, and all that. But so so yeah, so they and I and I said, well, it might be kind of rough, and they're like, no, 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 it offers a great message. So that was really a that was really something that was separate from all the accolades and everything that made you feel great. You know what I mean? Well, and when you talk about the space, I think of a, a shot in the film of Jackson sleeping on his side and you get a look at, at how small that bunk is that he has to make his home. Oh yeah. And I mean, and that camera is right over his head and I'm thinking, you know, as a producer writer, like my God, I hope Matias doesn't drop the camera on his head. <laughs> <laughs> then we're going to have a real problem. But yeah, no, it was just, tiny quarters and very and you know it's it's not like they're very ventilated very well it's really rough conditions and and matthias as a cinematographer he was like you know i'm going to need total quiet because it's just it's such well plus you know character peter making as the actor he's on he's on uh in solitary confinement so you need you know for the actor you needed to have the set a certain way for those days which was the complete opposite of the set of the bar which was rocking and rolling, and I got my entire high school class to be extra. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> well, and I, and I don't want to give anything away, but as we got closer to the end, I, my my wheels were turning. I thought, how how is this going to go? And there were so many ways it could have gone. And I, again, I don't want to give anything, no spoilers here, but yeah. the fact that it was not a Hollywood ending made it so incredibly powerful and and had me just sitting there with tears streaming down my face. Thank you so much. I mean, endings are so hard for me because, you know, you sort of sometimes want to put a nice bow on it and, you know, have it be, uh, they walk off into the sunset. But to get the message across, you know, you sometimes have to go to a certain way and you want to be ahead, a step ahead of the audience at all times. Well, I have to tell you that uh, as somebody who loves movies, but I'm not a particularly big fan of, of Things blowing up or comic books, uh, those are great and they're fine yeah. entertainment. But the world of indie film is where the real stories are being told these days. And, man, you are two for two here with Rushed and now with uh -huh. Shelter and Solitude. It's such a, a wonderful story, so beautifully shot, terrifically acted, obviously great writing as well. And uh, I hope everybody will go out and make plans to watch on uh, either Amazon Prime or Apple or anywhere else it's streaming Shelter and Solitude. It's such a terrific film. Thank you so much. And if people can support us on, on um, social media, we know we depend on that as independents, so they can follow us on Instagram at Shelter and Solitude or Facebook or Twitter and my personal um, Instagram at Siobhan Fallon Hogan to spread the word because um, we, you know, we don't have the giant budget for the marketing. And so someone like you having us on the show means the world to us.
Well, it's so great to talk with you, Siobhan. Thanks again. Congratulations on, on wonderful work, you and the whole family, both those related and, uh, and the film family as well. We wish you much success with Shelter and Solitude. Thank you so much. Happy New Year, and I really appreciate it. That's Siobhan Fallon Hogan talking about her great new film, Shelter in Solitude. It's streaming on Amazon Prime, on Apple Plus as well. Check it out. It is a really some terrific stuff there. We'll take a little break for a word from Renewal by Anderson. We're back with Janet Robin of String Revolution next on Downtown. The better way to a better window. Renewal by Anderson. Engineered for excellence. That's what Renewal by Anderson's windows and doors have been called. And here's Troy Pearl to tell us more. Hello, everyone. It's Troy Pearl. Our exclusive replacement windows are the product of decades of innovative engineering and rigorous testing that far exceeds industry standards. I hear you're low maintenance, too. (laughs) That's a big yes. If you're referring to our products and how they compare to vinyl. And energy efficiency? Can you really save me money during the long winter months? Yep. And during the summer months, too. Our products can dramatically reduce your heating and cooling costs. Great. What kind of a deal you got for me? Glad you asked. All this month, for every window you buy, you can get another at 40% off. And we'll knock an additional 250 bucks off your entire project. For a free in-home consultation, just go to rbagreatermain.com. The better way to a better window. Renewal by Anderson. of the string revolution and their brand new song a cover of the johnny cash classic Folsom prison blues up for a grammy award we had a chance to talk about it with founding member janet robin hey what's up how's it going great it's wonderful to have you here with us uh, love love your take on Folsom Prison Blues and uh, quite a story of uh, not only how it came together, but where you recorded it and the people involved. Can you tell us a little of the background about this? Oh, sure. Yes. Um, well, you know, Johnny Cash's classic. Um, we are a, a guitar trio with no vocals. So everything we do is instrumental. And um, we have done some covers before. We wanted to do another one uh, and usually when we approach arranging covers we try to change them up you know especially since they don't have vocals and i i had worked with john carter cash in the past on other projects and he of course is johnny cash's son and he is also a music producer and he runs johnny's personal recording studio down in nashville and uh, i talked to the boys in the band and i said you know maybe we should do a johnny cash song and what about Folsom Prison Blues? You know, great song. And then I said, you know, we could work with John Carter and, and uh, you know, first of all, want to get his blessing to do it. And um, then I thought, well, what better place to record it at? And so, you know, we sent him the demo. He loved our arrangement. He said, I'm in. Let's do it. And you should come down. He said specifically, y'all should come down <laughs> <laughs> to... Uh, cash cabin and let's record it here and so that's what we did and 
pretty much like the day before we went in the recording session, we decided maybe we could have a special guest playing the melody line. Um, and, you know, we were in a pinch and we just couldn't think of, well, who could we get? And preferably, obviously, somebody who lived local in Nashville. And we thought of the great maestro himself, Tommy Emanuel, um, who is never home. He was always on the road. But he just happened to be in town the day we were going in the studio. Wow. And uh, he had never met John Carter. He'd never been to Cash Cabin. And he, he loved the song. And he, you know, decided, yeah, I'm going to do it. So he came down that day, laid down his part. Then we mixed it all together, and here we are with a, I mean, great, grateful to have one, but a Grammy nomination. So. Well, and everything you guys do is, is so cool, and it's so original, even with songs that we know, but you take them and give them such a great new sound, and it's often amazing that... You're thinking, where there's no percussion. Nope, that's just that's just the guitars that they do. How does the arrangement process take place? Oh, that's a, yeah, it's a very long-winded situation um, because we usually go through a lot of different, you know, uh, variations of how we want the song to sound. And, and I, I think we all feel as musicians um, that again, if you're going to do a cover, especially a classic, you know. Um, you got to make it your own, right? You got to make it your own sound. You got to give it new life, breathe new life into it. Um, nothing wrong with covering it exactly like how it is, but we're we're not really a tribute band, you know. We're we're um, composers as well, so we just you know took a lot of liberties with the song. And I think you know, uh, you people haven't heard the song the way that we've done it. And it, it does breathe new life into it. You know, sometimes these classic songs, you don't hear them all the time. And even, like, the younger generation don't know this song or even know who he is, you know, Johnny Cash. And so there's some merit, I think, in bring, bringing uh, back to life some of these classic songs in a new way, especially since it's all guitar. You know, you got to make it really... Uh, special and you, you don't want to lose the soul of the original but of course you want to put your own stamp on it too now you played with lindsey buckingham for a number of years when did you get the idea for the string revolution well uh oddly enough bringing up you know my work with lindsey that was sort of a you know impetus to start uh, an all instrumental guitar band because the the incarnation of the band i was in with lindsey buckingham was uh his first solo touring band so after the first time he left Fleetwood Mac he had put out a new record called Out of the Cradle this was back in the 90s and he had actually never toured live uh, with a band on his own you know record so he put together what he likes to call a guitar army and that <laughs> particular band had five guitar players two percussion players a drummer bass and key, um, keys so you know the sound of all the guitars together and the way that he arranged things, it was so inspiring to me. And, um, you know, even though I'm also a singer-songwriter, guitar really is my first um, instrument. And I got really, I think, just inspired by the fact that you, you can have a lot of guitars in one band and make it work and not, not have it sound like, you know, just noise, you know? <laughs> mm. So that, that was kind of the inspiration to start this band. Um, I think now about eight years ago. 
Well, your first EP, Stringborn, featured an unbelievably awesome take on Michael Jackson's Billie Jean. That is so good. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, that was our first record. Um, we had a couple of different guys in the band at the time. Uh, we had a few changes a couple of years ago. On they, they went on to nothing bad. You know, they just moved on to other uh, projects, and one, one left the country, went back to Europe. And, um, you know, that was the first incarnation of, of the String Revolution. And uh, I was thinking, you know, we should do a cover on each record or EP that we put out just because, you know, it's cool. And it kind of, you know, attracts people to a new, a new band, you know. Um, so thank you for that. Yeah, ever since um, that first one, uh, then we had, I think, Red Drops, right? And then we had uh, Englishmen in New York. We did that cover on our second EP. And then we've been releasing singles ever since. Um, and last year, we, were, we released uh, a version of Crazy Train on the, the Ozzy Osbourne song, and of course, written also by Randy Rhodes, uh, guitarist you know, for Ozzy Osbourne, um, who was also my guitar teacher. Right, and you were, you were what, the, um, am I right, the only female student that he's ever had? I think he had maybe a few others, but they, they didn't stay. You know, they just took a few lessons. Uh, as far as I know, I was the only one that, like, lasted all the way through him getting the gig with Ozzy, and I was also the youngest student at the time. And he was teaching out, out of his mom's, music school which just happened to be around the corner from my parents house and of course that made it easy for them to say all right you can go to guitar lessons <laughs> you, know? <laughs> uh, you know randy wasn't wasn't the the famous name back then he was in a local rock band at the time called quiet riot uh and it wasn't <laughs> the quiet riot that became big and that they became big after his death unfortunately but um yeah uh i was taught by a, a master um, and I knew he was a master, and I think he's one of the reasons I'm, I'm still playing guitar. And um, a couple of years ago, when he was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, I really wanted to do something special for him and his family, who I still stay in touch with. So I thought, okay, well, if we're going to do another cover, let's do it now. Let's do the Crazy Train song, you know, for, for, for Randy. And that was when I first got the idea of having a, a guest. And that one included the great Billy Idol guitarist, Steve Stevens. So he did an incredible sort of like nylon guitar string solo on that version of Crazy Train. And again, that song we, we completely changed as well. So, yeah, proud of our, our versions that we, um, well, people might say that you, you know, have completely <laughs> bastardized. <laughs> uh, I think most people really enjoy it, you know. I mean, you can always listen to the original, can't you? Right? Yeah. If you're gonna, if you're gonna, if you want to listen to that song in a new way, and especially one that doesn't have vocals, then you know, listen to the String Revolution. You know, this is what we do. This is one of our things we do. We do have, of course, lots of originals that I'm very proud of. Um, and again, it helps, I think, a new a new artist to do some covers to bring people into the sphere of a band like 
the spring revolution. You can enjoy our covers, and then you might hear some originals you really like as well. Right, that's what I was going to say. You, you come for the covers, hearing these songs in an absolutely brand new way, and then stay for the, the terrific originals as well and get the full string Thank revolution you. experience. Well, I love, so love the version of Folsom Prison Blues. It's uh, so great to have that Grammy nomination. We wish you luck with that, and, and thanks so much for making some time for us, and we look forward to all the great new music you'll be making in the future, Janet. Thank you so much, and I, I hope we can come up there and play someday, preferably when there's not a windstorm. That would be the best time, and I would say stay away from the snow, too, but any other time, those two golden months of the year when it's nice, that's the time to be here. All right. Well, thank you so much for having having me on the show. Janet Robin of The String Revolution with us here on Downtown. Our thanks to Janet and thanks to filmmaker and actor Siobhan Fallon Hogan. And, of course, thanks to you for being with us this week on Downtown, which is brought to you by Renewal by Anderson, the better way to a better window. Downtown produced by Carrie Haskell and brought to you by Downtown Productions. We'll see you next time right here on Downtown.